0: You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Rays podcast. And today, Ulysses, we are joined by a very special guest, and that is one, Kyle Manzardo, who is uh, one of the fastest rising prospects in the Rays organization and all of baseball. In fact, um man there's been so much talk about him kyle not to uh put any pressure on you but a listener reached out or commented on one of our youtube videos saying that you are this generation's lance berkman so i don't know if uh that uh you know adds any challenges to you but as you can see there's a lot of a lot of people talking about you how's that feel
2: um it feels good um i try not to pay too too much attention to it uh Kind of rather just focus focus on my my routines and uh, what I'm trying to get better at, but it definitely feels good it,
0: it, it obviously it feels good. how do you you said you don't try to pay too much attention to it so you're aware that it's happening is it friends, family that are keeping you grounded or sending you clips or you know or how do you how do you maintain a clear you know head with all that's going around
2: um I don't know. My, my grandpa is, uh, he's he's like super active on uh, Twitter and, and just on the internet in general. So whenever like a new list or article or something comes out, he's always like the first one to, to reach out to me. Because, I mean, he's seeing most of the stuff before I see it. So I, he's kind of like my main news source. Um <laughs>
1: I'm telling you, the the older generation. I don't know how how old your grandfather is, Kyle, but like I see, like my parents are probably on social media more than I am. Like I see, like seventy five year olds with TikTok. It's kind of unbelievable what's <laughs> yeah. happening here. I guess they have a lot of time on their hands once they're retired and so forth. But yeah. um, getting to brass tacks here a little bit, Kyle, how's your off season been going? What have you been up to the last couple
2: months? Um, it's been it's been good. Uh, so. For about the last month, I've been, uh, we did a mini camp in Florida and then I went from there to Arizona so I could get, uh, some field work in because where I'm at, I'm in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Um, it's like the dead of winter or not really anymore. It's starting to warm up now, but you can't really go outside and do any, any baseball activity at all. Cause all the fields are either covered in snow or, or soaked or it's just too cold, um, so I've been inside doing all my work, uh, whenever I'm at home and then it was nice these last, last month or so, where I was kind of in some nicer weather.
1: Yeah. You mentioned Florida and then Arizona, just first off, um, what did you do down in Florida? I assume it was part of a, a raise program deal down there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was just a, a mini camp type of thing. Um, so we went, we, uh, it was almost like a modified spring training type camp where it's like rather, except it's just like the position players there for when I was there. Um, so it's, I mean, you're just going through like a full day's routine, uh, minus the games, which is, uh, good. And it's almost like a, uh, or at least the way I use it is, um, to kinda like, let myself know like, okay, it's time to really, really start going you know, um, yeah. and getting ready for spring.
1: And then you mentioned Arizona. Was that something where the Rays referred you to a facility in Arizona, or do you have some sort of contacts, um, from college ball or your agents that, you know, why Arizona of all places,
2: um, as well. Um, so I played with, uh, Alika Williams all year. He's one of my good friends. Um, and then my agent also lives in the Valley there. So, uh, it was funny. Um, I was talking to Alika about going there. He said, yeah, you should totally go there. Here's, I'm, I'm doing baseball stuff here and, and lifting here. Then I talked to my agent and he, he said that he recommends the same place that he was lifting or that Alika was lifting at. So, um, we kind of just planned out that, that whole thing and, uh, just made it happen, I guess.
0: Oh, so this was just strictly uh, weightlifting, not actual baseball activities, just kind of more like
2: it was was baseball stuff, too. Um, Okay. Yeah, we would be able to get on the fields and stuff and got a couple live at bats. Okay. Uh, But it was more the training. The training there was more similar to to, uh, like almost like a spring training day. I mean, it's tough to replicate that, but yeah, it was more in line because at least I was outside.
0: Gotcha. Uh, well, before we get too far in, I do want to say congratulations for being named the race top minor league player for the 2022 season, as that's pretty incredible. Incredible. I, I know that some people don't have the numbers in front of them. So for them, I will tell them what you compiled between high class A and double A. You had a 327 average, 22 bombs, 81 RBIs, a 1043 OPS in 93 games. And this is what I loved, Kevin. 59 walks to 65 strikeouts. I mean, just remarkable. So I, I, I want to tell you, was there, a, uh, ask you, uh, was there a specific adjustment either mentally or physically that allowed you to be that productive throughout the 2022 season?
2: Um, The main thing I'd say would be, uh, I mean, it's just such a, such a different type of uh, schedule to, to college ball. So, um, like just getting, putting myself in a spot where uh, I could show up to the field every day and try to be the same person and do what I need to do to make sure that my body feels good enough to, you know, obviously go, go put up good numbers. Um, shoot. I, I don't know. There wasn't any crazy adjustments. It was uh, just really difficult uh, to kind of fall into a rhythm once you kind of go from, playing four games a week in college to like a game every day for four or five months.
1: This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid for your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com to claim your no-sweat-first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Yeah, we've heard that a lot. And and just for you personally, what was the bigger adjustment for you? Was it going from college right into pro ball or from high A to double play?
2: Hmm. Um probably college to pro ball, I would say just because by the time I had went from high A to double A, I was, uh, just in such a, such a good rhythm at the plate. Um, and it was kind of right in the middle of the season. I had been hot for a while. Um, so when I went to double A, I I couldn't think of a better time where that move could have happened, uh, just for me personally. Whereas, uh, when i got had got drafted i was you know just at home for like two months after the college season um then it's like you show up to to florida get ready to go and now uh this those uh those complex uh, schedules are tough uh, they're, like you're up super early you're playing games in florida in the middle of the summer it's i had never experienced like that type of heat um So that was, that was a super difficult adjustment for me personally. Yeah.
0: Did you, did you get to, uh, meet the, the lovely insects called love bugs by any chance?
2: Love bugs. Yes. Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) No. Okay.
0: it's so like these two little. How how would you how would you uh, characterize them, uh, Kevin? Like two bugs that are like tied to their bums, basically, yeah. and that's why they're called love bugs. Basically, oh, wow.
1: terrible invention that came out, of, or a, I guess a mistake that came out of the University of Florida that will ruin the front of your car.
2: <laughs> I, I think
1: that's more of a later into the. Well, Florida doesn't really have fall, but I feel like that's I don't know. if July, when did August. You, when were you in the the complex league? Like, what was your time frame there?
2: Um. It, I was there 2021 from, I want to say, the end of July through maybe through, like, middle September. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. And you were driving a car, I presume? Yeah. (laughs) What? No, no car.
1: Oh, then maybe that's why. Maybe that's why you didn't notice them, because they will ruin the front of your car, but...
0: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. You know, I I think in twenty twenty three, everybody just talks about either when they watch baseball, it's going to be a strikeout, a home run, uh, a walk. You know, the uh, the three true outcome baseball that can be at times a a bit boring. But when we look at your profile, you made contact about eighty percent, which is an excellent rate. Um, How early did you start seeing these? contact rates become a part of your game have you always been a high contact guy or did something change somewhere where you were like no this is the kind of hitter that i am i feel more comfortable
2: doing than do it doing this and just trying to be a bopper um yeah so i was i was always a contact guy growing up uh, i would say my freshman year of college was the first time that i like kind of s- struggled a little bit to make good contact consistently um So after that, I was a lot more conscious of it, especially, I don't know, I was always a guy that, like, I feel embarrassed when I strike out. Um, So sometimes I think, like, with two strikes, I'll just, like, throw the bat at it and make not a great swing to avoid uh, striking out. Um, So, yeah, I've I've always kind (laughs) of tried as much as I can not to strike out, and then, I think in doing that, the uh, the plate discipline really started to improve.
0: If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories, then you have to try a built bar. You might ask yourself, what makes built bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate in every single built bar. But they're also healthy. They only have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. You can get yourself a box at either Walmart or Sam's club. You don't have to wait around for your order from built.com. So today you can head to either your nearest Walmart today or Sam's club and you grab yourself a four bar box of cookies and cream or a 13 bar box with brownie batter. You make that choice. And when you make that choice, you're going to get something that's healthy. And delicious and that is called built bar and so okay so junior year of college okay you, you start getting that how do you keep that up because once you unlock that you now you, you have to s- stay with it so are there different exercises I I hand control uh, video that you watch more scouting that you need to do for pitchers? like what do you do to keep that contact rate at, at such an excellent level
2: um. I'm not sure I don't really do anything crazy. well, my swing is kind of uh, I would say like designed to you know get consistent contact on the barrel. Mm-hmm. It's also why I don't have any you know crazy exit velocities um, right. because I'm not i'm I'm putting the way I, it's it's a give and take that's like all hitting is it's a, you're always given something to take something whenever any adjustment you make ever. Um, so I did away with a leg kick after my freshman year of college and started Mm. going to the front toe early, um, basically just to try to be on time as often, as often as possible. And then I kind of realized in doing that, that I was still strong enough to like hit some extra base hits. And I'm also, you know, able to make good contact more often. So it was really that I think that that change, uh, was like the most crucial to me. Um, in my time playing baseball,
0: and that was in college. You
2: said, "Yep, yeah, that was the uh, fall of my sophomore year."
0: Okay, and, and so you also mentioned that that's two strike. You just kind of hack at it and try to get the the ball in play. So you you are doing a two strike approach. Is there some choking involved there, or 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 just kind of just look? Let me just put the 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 bat to the ball.
2: Yeah. So. Uh, I kind of made my two-strike approach the same time I started going to the toe my sophomore year of college and my swing now used to be my two-strike approach and I kind of had because I used to have a leg kick sort of um, did away with that and I started doing just like more of a traditional small stride and then with two strikes I'd go to the toe okay. and then I realized uh, basically what I just said I'm able to be on time more and I can still hit some extra base hits when I'm just going to the toe. So I was just like, I'll just hit like that all the time. Um, So I don't know. I think in a way my, my OO swing is still kind of a two strike swing. Okay.
1: Now, as far as that, that change in approach came about, was that something that your coaches at Washington state guided you through? Was it a private coach? Was it something that you sort of wanted to do on your own? How did that all come together?
2: uh mainly yeah brian brian green at washington state head coach um he kind of came in and he was preaching that big was was two strike approach i was like okay i'll try this he's like had a bunch of clips and in different things that he was showing like what different guys are doing um so i just started messing around with that um and it just kind of stuck
1: do you remember who some of those guys were those clips of players that he showed you i didn't know if it was like a michael brantley or
2: uh you know, um i want to say aj reed was probably one of them okay. okay he played at kentucky i think he won the triple crown he was one of the guys that he had coached in the past i think um there was one where it was like uh man i don't i don't remember exactly who the guys were i know boba was one too mm. Mm where with two strikes he goes he goes to his front toe pretty early. Right. Um, but I I don't remember exactly. It was there's a bunch of guys.
0: And let's say you're introduced, hey, we're going to work on this two strike approach. What's that timeline for you Kyle where okay, I I let's I'm introduced to this new novel thing and then now where I feel comfortable. How long is that process?
2: Um it was, well, it was kind of that whole fall um, mm. where it, it was uncomfortable, but, I, like, I was still seeing some results, you know, so I wasn't ready to abandon it. And then um, over the winter that, that year, I got just really comfortable doing it, like, almost to the point where, like, now it's, like, it feels like a crutch. Like, I, I can't, I don't think... It would take a lot of work for me to be able to do like a, a leg kick or something like that again.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, we're going back uh, in time. Uh, I know we're talking college, but I want to go even further back. Um, okay. What's your earliest baseball memory that you ever have? Like, what what is it? Is it watching a game on TV? Is it t-ball? What what is
2: it? Yeah, earliest. Baseball memory, um, I would probably go to in my backyard. Uh, I used to have one of those short – is my screen frozen again?
0: No, you're good.
1: <laughs>
2: you sound good on our end, and you look good. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. We my screen's see. frozen on mine. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. I just had one of those uh, little wiffle ball bats with the massive barrels. Um, nice. And my dad was coaching at North Idaho College at the time. He he was the head coach there whenever back whenever they had a program, and he would come back from practice, and we would go like into the backyard, and he'd flip me wiffle balls, and I'd try to hit him into the neighbor's yard over the fence.
0: (laughs) Did you ever do that?
2: Uh, yeah. Whenever I started doing that, we had to like start going to the park and stuff, (laughs) because then he'd have to you know hop over the fence. um, Yeah kind of frowned. I mean, we have cool neighbors all around. (laughs) It wasn't ever a huge deal, but he kind of felt bad doing it. So we started going to the park.
0: Yeah.
1: And then obviously your dad as coach in college and then high school as well, I imagine a pretty big influence on your baseball career and learning fundamentals and and skills. Just can you speak to to what he means to you and, and you being able to establish yourself?
2: Yeah. Um, like I could, tell you without a doubt um i don't think i would i wouldn't be playing anymore um if not for him i don't know if i ever even would have started playing um but he he's kind of in a way coached me the whole way through uh always been supportive he's he i mean he throws me bp every day even now you know he'll wow you know take a take a break from from teaching or whatever he's got going on that day and, come throw BP and hit grounders. Um, So I, yeah, I don't have enough good things to say about either of my parents.